0: You are listening to Mark Hatmaker, Rough and Tumble Tour. This is a grab bag of old school Western martial arts, resurrected indigenous ways, and empirical musings tinged with a heavy dose of respect, admiration—let's call it hero worship—for these hosses of yore. Crew, this is Mark Hatmaker coming to you from the Comancheria. Today, I'm going to throw a little bit of shade on some advice. Uh, The technical title of this one is called Counter-Grappling and Specious Tactics. I will provide a link in the show notes if you prefer to read such things via text. But other than that, though, you can just listen to my dulcet tones. Now... Many of us in our younger days, hopefully, and no longer, or those of us who do instruct receive questions along the lines of, what do I do if the guy gets me in this hold? Or what if uh, I do this and the guy knows jiu-jitsu? Or what do, I do, what do I do if a guy's a good wrestler? All right, questions. I mean, that doesn't mean the, the person asking the question uh, is unwise. It just means we kind of know where they are in the evolution of, of, of the fight game. Now see, combat instructors get these kinds of questions all the time. The question usually has a simple formulation with the interrogator, not quite aware yet due to inexperience that they have posited quite a vast open-ended query. The inexperienced questioner is never at fault for questions along these lines. Now here's where the quibble begins in the old man's mind here. Any answer that is equally simplistic along the lines of, well, all you have to do is just that's where the problem starts. The implication is that there is simplistic answer to a large physical endeavor shows a good deal of short sightedness, or a staggering amount of hubris, or absolute ignorance on the part of the person answering that question. We never succumb to such simplistic answers to encompassing questions in other physical domains. And if, for example, what if our naive questioner says, hey, what? What if I'm playing football and the guy has the ball? You see?" You immediately would want to start corralling that question down a little bit whittle it down with your own series of counter questions like well who's playing what's your position what down is it what quarter of the game are we in and you know on and on and on and on and if someone asked that same question in the sports call-in show oh, what if i'm playing football he has the ball and you heard the same answer if someone said well all you have to do is just you would know immediately the person answering is new to the planet earth or at the very least the game of football Now back to the title topic, I mean, counter grappling involves so many factors when hit with the question, what do I do if you got to hone in on exactly what is needed in the exact circumstances. For example, if we hone in on, hey, I'm cutting a crushing crossbody right here, what do I do? Okay, now we're getting a bit closer to a cogent answer, but even here we need to know some even more information than that. Is this a guy a low rider, a high rider, a centerline rider? Uh, Do they own the crossface? Do they own the underhook? Are they running knees, uh, outriggers, or hip cuts? Now, with this information, my answer to the i am caught in the crushing crossbody ride on all you have to do is, well, that's just going to be bullshit, right? The backbone of counter-grappling presumes at least a good baseline knowledge of what grappling is. And yet, some practitioners of combat arts or combat sciences, and I put sciences in scare quotes if you're answering simplistically, well, they want to skip a good understanding of the game. I find this some curious domain-specific thinking. One would never assume that one could do well against, let's say, a boxer or a tie boxer without having any striking experience. We see that this would be ludicrous. One must have some knowledge of the technology of the game domain we are looking to thwart. Knife defensive tacticians well understand that to have a snowball's chance in hell of defending against the knife, that one must train the blade itself to a good baseline competence to even begin garnering an appreciation for what the blade can do, and then, and only then, count the counter blade uh, concepts begin as an overlay to the practitioner's own blade experience. Counter blade strategy in a vacuum where one never uses the blade well that, that's insanity. It is akin to saying, well, all you have to do is that all you have to do advice in counter grappling usually takes some form of bottom side buzzsaw. That is utilizing the bite, the gouge, the rip, the tear, hair pulling, groin seizing, all conducted from the underside uh, uh, of the grappler. All right. Now, these are all great tactics, but I want us to pursue this line of thought a bit further. Matter of fact, our black box grappling is full of such things. But we use them on the opposite side. Now, see, this simplistic wishful buzzsaw, then, in theory, spurs. I mean, like if we're assuming that you are underneath and you start going into this buzzsaw tag here, we're assuming, in theory, that the buff this is going to befuddle and blindside the grappler so much that they give up their superior position and they fall prey uh, to this manifestly awesome striking ability of the formerly down and out individual. And they're thinking, well, I was holding this guy down, then, and, you know, he started pinching and biting me, and I'm, I'm at a loss. Well, uh, do I even need to say this? But uh, this has some constricted, contorted, fantastical thinking for many reasons. Let's address two of these uh, misapprehensions here. Reason one let's go back to our feet, where many who pose counter grappling advice are more comfortable. All right? Now, let's assume you're engaged in a straight up boxing match, okay? And you're the one with the skills, and uh, you're great and good to go. And you're also the person who offers these buzzsaw counter these grappling advice, thinking you don't have to be a good grappler, just know all these pinches and bites and gouges, right? Well, let's also assume you are the superior boxer with legit sweet uh, sweet skills, okay? Now let's say your opponent in this hypothetical match doesn't like how she's on the bitter end of this engagement, doesn't like eating your jab so much, so she ups the ante and starts adding some stink outside the boxing vocabulary, an elbow here, a knee there, that sort of thing. Again, assuming this match is for all the marbles, do you, the superior boxer, suddenly fold up your tent and go home because this inferior opponent suddenly bedazzled and befuddled you with the reach for the dirt? Does all your drilled-for timing, distance, footwork, evasion, power, finesse disappear because of a minor expansion of their arsenal? Yeah, I don't think so. You are now free to use all your superior skill with the addition of an enhanced and vicious arsenal, making your superior game deadly. The opponent switched to dirt. Didn't negate you. It enabled and empowered you. All right. Same thing happens in that ground game. You reach for the dirt on the underside of your with your counter grappling. The grappler goes, "Oh, is that what we're doing? Okay, hold on tight, brother." Now, reason number two, by this same bit of thinking, we are to assume that if we are facing someone powerful and skillful enough to take us to the ground against our will and have their way with us, are we to assume that if we go for the bite or the gouge, their game is suddenly riddled with holes and negated? Not by a long shot. That same superior grappler who put you on your ass and kept you there is now informed by your grab for the dirt. The big game comes, oh yeah, we're playing this one now? Okay. And just as with the superior boxer who is allowed to add more grit and dirt, the grappler who adds more grit is going to be grittier and nastier, and the bottom player will wish the game were back in that sedate world of mere holding you down and having the life squeezed out of you. If an all-you-got-to-do counter-grappling enthusiast doubts this, here, try this simple but safe test. Now, glove up and allow a grappler to slap you to the mat and hold you down. Now, you go to work with punches, hammer fist, round knuckles, open-handed slaps, but allow the grappler to do that exact same gloved-up privilege. See where that gets you. And if you were to think to yourself, well, yeah, that's with gloves. If I were to, sure, yeah, go ahead. Repeat this test, but allow the grappler the same privilege. You're going to gouge? Let them gouge. They're going to gouge the entire onus of their body weight up on your uh, <laughs> the meat of your body backed up by the planet below. So, us above... Uh, So below, I'm going to always bet the above. Again, a little bit of a rant there, but I think we're going to see it's it's bounded, uh, uh, founded in pragmatic reality yes grit counter grappling wonderful but we think you got to be familiar with the technology first and foremost and uh, yes always go for the dirt that's what the black box project is but we make sure you have a good education about what it means to be using that technology again you can't beat the boxer with your dirty tricks if you don't box yourself same thing goes for the grappling if you hear a simplistic answer to the grappling well I just get to call bullshit on that but uh, i'd say you guys are wiser than that and sorry to put you through this bit of a rant have a good one crew